So it's about 2 a.m. here. I'm sitting in my bathroom, uh, staring at a monitor of my family sleeping, and um, I got some stuff on my mind, and I realized I hadn't really posted anything in a couple weeks, and that was one of my resolutions was to uh, post more audio stuff or create more content, just be a little more consistent, or, or at least if I'm not going to do that, like write some stuff out or put some stuff out in my notes um, app and uh, kind of jot my feelings so that I have them um, should I, the moment arise where I need to go back. Um, I'm not going to talk about the rumble, although I've seen it, not my opinions. I have my opinions on a bunch of stuff, but, uh, you know, overall, I didn't have a problem with any of it. I, I enjoyed a lot of it. I always seem to enjoy it. Um, WWE is still pretty magical to me in many ways. Uh, but I would like to get my wife and I to actually probably record some of our conversations that we have when we're talking about the shows as they're happening or whatnot. We've always... Um, hinted at the idea that we would want to do something together. I think that would be fun and that would be an interesting avenue. Uh, so hopefully maybe soon we'll record something and maybe the talking the rumble would be an interesting starting point. Um, it's odd. I find stuff that, uh, or wrestling being the gift that keeps on giving and not just by content it creates or, things I see, or promos that I see, or content that I see, but uh, also from a muscle memory standpoint, uh, there's a match with me and Hernandez, I think it's one of the first matches I've had, had against him, it was at NWA Southwest, and it was, I think, my debut on the show, he was the NWA national champion, and I was just some guy that the promoter Ken Taylor didn't want, but that was my chance to showcase and Hernandez really gave me kind of the match of my life at that point, really showcased me well, but there was a part in it where I get thrown into a guardrail and I assume it's going to budge when I hit it, um, not realizing that it's nailed to the floor and that it's not your typical guardrail, and I realized it too late, so as I turn to hit it, it's like my back takes the impact and my torso keeps going. And you can see it on YouTube, or like NWA Southwest Archives, I think it's maybe episode one or two, somewhere in there, somewhere in the early uh, episodes. But um, every so often my back will, I guess, unalign you know, it, it won't be in the proper alignment and any little thing can set it off. And since I haven't been doing yoga, it's, um, that pain's reared its ugly head, so to speak, and been become a real pain in my, uh, ass and, uh, lower back. So it hasn't been a fun, uh, you know, nothing's worse than trying to stand up and realizing you can't fully stand up fully straight. And 
this is going to suck for a couple of days, but I'm going to try to get it moving. Um, so yeah, that that's really kind of messing with me right now mentally. Um, also, I'm realizing I realized something the other day, and I always hate to harp on it, but uh, you know, some of y'all know from earlier episodes that I work for DoorDash. I do dashing. I'm dashing. I do dashes. I'm a dasher. And I realized, uh, I'll give you the scenario. I was um, going to do this delivery. I'd accept this uh, delivery request for someone who wanted two bottles of wine from 7-Eleven. So I, I go and I get a message from the customer asking me to buy them a pack of cigarettes for whatever reason they couldn't do it on the app. And I was like, well, you know, they're like, well, I'll pay you with cash. And I'm like, well, uh, we can't really do that. I mean, you'd have to either cancel it or update the, or edit it. I think you could reach out to support. They could probably work with you. But uh, this person's like, well, it's my birthday. And this, uh, I was like, look, there's a policy. I don't want to tell you. So I contact support via the phone. And over two support calls, I'm kind of given the same runaround from three different individuals within support. They said there was really nothing they could do that my option was to deliver it. Not the cigarettes, but to deliver everything else to complete the delivery. And I was like, nah, man, y'all can cancel it. I mean, she's asking, hate to say she, because that doesn't matter. Uh, the customer was saying that um, they, you know, wanted cigarettes, wanted me to get them. And I knew that was against policy. So, I felt I was within my right to get it canceled. Um, but, you know, two support calls, maybe 20 minutes of waiting. And so I decided to check the chat. I decided, well, there's another option. I can reach out via support to chat, chat with them. And um, that person that gave me the runaround was like, I can see the correspondence between you two. And yeah, that's highly unlikely. So we'll just cancel it. And pay you for your for your time basically half pay and send you on your way kind of deal and I just found it odd that you know depending on who you contact you're going to get a certain answer and sometimes it's not the real solution and you know I get support they you know they have a rough thankless job but that's just strange um I think the reason I'm bringing all that up is because I wanted to give the my, you know, a couple of, you know, a couple of sets of flowers, and unfortunately, it's with, for people either no longer with us or people who are impacted by those who are no longer with us. So one's recent, fairly recent, and the others. Uh, come up on its year anniversary, but I felt like it important to discuss both to some degree. Um, the first is, uh, oh man, you always kind of hate, 
But at the same time, I want to give them their flowers, or at least those that were close to them. The first one is Heather Christine Carroll, or Carell. Um, she was the wife of a friend of mine, Philip Bernard, but I call him the heartthrob because he went by the heartthrob. It's interesting with wrestlers, a lot of times, how we, you know, call each other by our gimmick or show name over, you know, like even in my situation, everyone calls me DeMarco. You know, it's rarely ever Steve or anything like that. It's always DeMarco. Some will call me Steve or, you know, try to do some variation of my name. But, uh, you know, for the most part, a lot of people call me DeMarco. My wife calls me DeMarco. It's, uh, but I always find it odd. You know, I call other people by their gimmick name all the time. Um, but his wife passed. Heather. Of COVID. Like two weeks before her birthday. And um, he shares it in, like, pain, painful detail. And I, I, I commend him on it to share it, to really be as authentic with it as possible. And, you know, you can read the details there. Um, that's not the point of this, you know, these flowers. They're really to, to go out to him. You know, he's... Without, you know, his wife, you know, the love of his life, mother of his child. I think her last words were, you know, tell her son that she loves him. I mean, just heart-wrenching. And my heart goes out to to heartthrob. Um, he's always been a cool dude. He, you know, been on the Lucha Lounge. Always been real just a straight up dude with me and, um, you know, someone who I respect and it's just sad, like crushingly sad to, to even think uh, that, you know, he's going through that. I, I wish that upon no one and I can't even imagine. And that's the sad part. You know, I can't even imagine I lost people, but still like any, anything ever happened to my wife, I just, or my kid, kids, any of them, Anyone really close to me, I, it's tough. It's just tough, and I, I can, my heart goes out to him. Um, and I don't know if you'll hear this, you know. Sometimes I tell people, hey, I'm going to let you know, you know, hey, listen to this episode because you just um, might give you a shout-out or something like that. I, you know, I tr try to, hey, you should listen to it, and usually that's the giveaway because I'm not telling anyone else to listen to it. Um, so that set, again, my heartfelt condolences on it. The second one's a little closer to home for me. Um, it's been over a year. And I couldn't find the words over a year ago when I got the news. You know, a friend of mine hit me up. My friend Andy, and he, you know, was like, man, are, are you sitting down? I'm like, driving. He's like, you may want to pull over. It's like, oh, man, I don't, you know, you, you just know it's not going to be a good call. And 
you know, had to tell me that my friend Jackie, Toby Campbell, uh, I knew her as Claudia. I knew her as Jackie as well, but I, you know, Claudia was the main person that I hung out with or knew, I knew Jackie as well. That's the other thing about wrestlers. You know, you're, you're kind of living multiple identities depending on characters that you're playing. At any time, you could play multiple char- characters. I'll get into that in a minute, but it's always intriguing because there has to be a, you know, a clear split, I think, in many ways in order for you to could maintain your sanity. I mean, to be the performer, Steve DeMarco, to be that entity, it can be tiring. I often tell my wife, you know, that one of the blessings of not performing is that I don't have to be on all the time. That I always felt like I was on from the moment that I started being Steve DeMarco, that I was always on in some capacity because that was my shield, being DeMarco, being that version of myself, I guess. Um, Because at my core, that's, he is a part of me, you know. A lot of truth comes out in it. Um, And Jackie or Claudia was kind of the same way. We'd always have these talks about it early in our, um, when we met, you know, memorable time meeting and just a memorable friendship, partnership, you know, companionship, and also, you know, being in this crazy family of wrestling and our time at PCW and how we would interact. But, you know, the idea of creating a persona and having that persona as kind of a shield and also uh, a way of being unapologetic for your actions in the sense of like, don't have regrets over what you do. You know, because for Jackie, she was one of the few women and one of the only female wrestlers at the time within PCW. And in many ways was a trailblazer because she created kind of, you know, this niche for herself. And I was admired her for that kind of her strength within it and within how the industry could be, especially at that time for any woman, let alone the sole woman in a rather, you know, I mean, it's like 99 to one ratio. I might be exaggerating because obviously there was, you know, female staff and whatnot, but as far as like on air characters that were physically in the ring, and I will say, you know, when I worked at Uncut, I'm one of my sole, one of my main duties, aside from other ones, one of my other goals uh, within the show was to find a female talent that she could work with. And that's where Jessica James comes up, you know, about in some, in many ways. I was proud of like that feud. But Jackie was a dear friend. It pains me that she'll, you know, that she never got to meet Connie because I know she would have. I absolutely adored Connie. She would have absolutely adored my wife. Um, and I think, you know, she would have. Hmm. I think she would have fallen in love with Jackson like everyone else has. 
you know, it it sucks losing people. It just does. Because you never know. You know, I talked to her, like, over the summer of 2020, and a lot of stuff was going down, her story included, and... But that was kind of like the last conversation. You know, she was at my roast, and I think that might have been one of the last times I really saw her, and I was supposed to go to hers, and, you know, I didn't or couldn't or, you know, like, got in one of my moods and just was like, I can't make it, you know. And I probably, you know, I'm more, I should have. And that's a slight regret. Slight in the sense of, like, I'm not trying to regret, but it's sad, you know, because... You just don't know. You always, I think, take for granted, oh, man, if I go to Dallas or that area, if I ever wrestle again, I, I know we'll cross paths. And um, I think that's how we all look at it. I probably look at it, you know, friendships as that. as like, oh, well, you know, we're always going to be around each other in some way, shape, or form, and we're never truly saying goodbye. But, uh, you know, it would have been nice to have been able to say goodbye. Um, yeah, these awkward silences, that's the beauty, right? You know, um, on a completely separate note, um, because I'm going to try to add some levity and strangely transition. Um, I've had better luck with my dealership. Yes, I'm going there. Uh, they've been good to me as of late, service department and whatnot, so uh, I've been appreciative of that. And um, Jackson continues to amaze me every day, and I continue to fall in love with my wife every single day. I, I, mean, I don't want to exaggerate, or I don't want people to assume, like, ah, come on, man. But it's like, nah, I really am. Well, you know, like... Uh, I'm living marital bliss and I'm enjoying the joys of parenthood. Yeah. Um, so, I, I as of late, I've been doing stuff on Facebook, you know, with GSL 2020, that web series. I've been kind of posting stuff and like going down memory lane, so to speak, because, you know, it's it's been a little bit since I've looked at that footage or looked at that series and I wanted to bring it to light. And um, until now I hadn't really felt comfortable. I felt like, well, you know, I want an anniversary to hit and then start sharing that stuff. Cause I can look at it now and be real fond with it and really kind of marvel at the things that we were able to do. And the web series being one of those paramount things. And the idea that <clears throat> going into it, you know, the, Yes, or earlier before I started recording, I actually posted something on Facebook where I um, where I uh, posted episode six, I believe. And basically, for those who haven't been following and I have a playlist, you can go to my YouTube channel and look it up or go on my Facebook and you'll see me post them. And I think the next one's next week or episode seven's next week released two years ago again these were like 2020 it was our kind of answer to a few things and we were traveling still so and my wife would film 
and she would become, you know, she was in essence the goddess of propaganda, you know, I'm kind of giving away that stuff, but, um, you know, there's only a handful of you listening, so you really must be fans or um, like the sound of my voice or whatever. For whatever reason, I appreciate all of you that are listening to this. Uh, but with that said, I feel a certain level of freedom to talk about this openly. Um, and my wife's ha having a great time editing and putting together this stuff. And I think we, you know, we conscientiously were constantly shifting kind of what the show was going to be because we didn't really know what quite it was going to be. But I always got tickled by how people wanted to utilize GSL or, you know, in, in a much smaller world, like how they would want to utilize me, like how I saw myself and how I saw myself as a talent. And then how other people with vision would view how they would use me. And then once GSL became a thing and I really wanted it to us to do stuff together because I felt like, oh man, strength in numbers and plus, oh, you know, we're it's so, it'd be so much easier in some ways to have that, to be able to continue the narrative if you have a larger group or you've created a brand that creates its own singular narrative that's unique to despite, regardless of whatever the situation is. But as we often find when you're in the industry, it's like you're always serving someone else's vision unless you're the one creating that vision. And so I think GSL 2020 or, you know, any of the content that we would put out ourselves or I would have us put out was in large part like this is our brand. This is what we bring to GSL. This is how we view uh, GSL. And I wanted to play with that. You know, I've always been a fan of the multiverse or alternate dimension, dimensions or the idea of like, you know, the what if. Um, and, I'm you know, there's. I believe probably there are variants of me out there and there's probably alternate versions and where certain decisions were made, but I love where I'm currently at blessed to be where I'm at. So, um, so yeah, but it's always been fascinating, especially again, if you look at the wrestling world where there'd be instances where no one really wanted to use GSL at its fullest except for I think ACW um, and I, I'll probably get into that as time progresses for those that are fans I don't know you know if like if you want to hear about something specific feel free to ask me on Facebook or message me or whatever have you and I can always steer the steer this in that person you know in that respect or I can just continue to kind of shape it how I want to shape it um, but around episode five, you know, I'd been bringing out these gauntlets because uh, I'm a fan of the Infinity Gauntlets. I'd been, I'd used them before. I remember, you know, actual other, some talent uh, having a match and me utilizing the glove in some degree and we actually making it seem legit. And people say, you know, some people really loving it, thinking it was one of the greatest things they had seen and other people... Like, ah, oh, I love the other parts of the match. You know, I didn't like that part. And it's like, well, one of my great, one of the, my favorite photos <laughs> that was captured uh, during a show was me having the gauntlet in my hand, like trying to raise uh, my, my opponent, you know, by, by sheer will, so to speak. But the 
glove itself or the gauntlet itself you know it's difficult to move it doesn't snap it doesn't really close you know it's hard to do you can't really do much with it um and then i had the second one same thing the 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 right arm version or the hulk version i guess um same thing it was like these clunky things that didn't really have any true movement but i wanted you know in some realm they have these cosmic powers you know and if you really play it up you can do something with it and i thought oh man that'd be the way to crack the universe and let us do whatever and then we wouldn't be pigeonholed by anything i mean you know the running joke was like any company that would bring us in would ultimately try to figure out a way to end us or at least that was our thought but for the most part you know some people that would work with us i i felt like we we did pretty well but the idea of having an eight-person group i know the I know the reality of the situation could be tough. You know, you got to pay all those people. <laughs> so, or, you know, do you want to give us the whole show? You know, and I think we were flirting with the idea of even running our own show at some point because we were just going to have so many people. But this was, you know, kind of the beginning. So episode six, we, we had kind of messed with the universe with the gauntlets and now we're feeling the ramifications. And it really got to kind of point the lens that in many ways how other companies viewed us and so how we could be variants but still you know ultimately as we would progress through the series that's kind of where we were going and that's probably would have been the main narrative throughout 2020 is fixing what we had broken but realizing that maybe we didn't really break it and why why did certain things happen the way they happened but I really enjoyed the project um, it, for so many reasons, which I'll probably get into as in the coming weeks or coming episodes of this or diary entries. Again, I'm still trying to figure that out. Um, so yeah, check those out. Go on YouTube's playlist. Playlist of like actual GSL product that's produced by others so you can kind of see those promos um and and highlight footage so just real interesting i've seen some stuff you know and i'll share what i can starting to share kind of more of that stuff as a look back more than like what i'm doing currently because you know it is what it is <laughs> i mean in the sense of like i'm not wrestling in this that the other and this is about the only content that i'm putting out and the rest of it i don't care to share. I'm a pretty private person. Uh, I share what, you know, I'll share stuff with Jackson all the time and, you know, my wife all the time, but it's still like, I'm typically want to maintain some level of privacy. Um, which brings me to this, I guess, you know, kind of the main topic, which is the point, right? Um, so I never really got into the industry to make money. I've realized that over the years that my main focus was never making money. I didn't know if it could be a career because that was not my goal. My goal was to have matches and then like become good at it. And I've never been money driven. Um, 
sadly, I think, maybe sadly, you know, for some that, you know, it would probably be quite the accomplishment. I maybe, I don't know. I know for me, if I look now, it's like, man, I wish I had been slightly more money driven or at least more familiar with the concept, but that wasn't something discussed. And that's not something I like really learned. And I don't go there a lot of times. Um, I think as a kid, I always thought, oh man, if you made 40,000, you're doing really well. And you come to the realization as you get older that you get to 40,000 and realize, nah, that's, that's definitely not enough. You probably need more. Um, but in the wrestling business, it was a passion. It's always been a passion. It's something, you know, you often hear the, oh, I do it for free. Well, you know, usually if you're an independent wrestler, that might be the case, especially if you want to get certain stuff done or you want certain opportunities. You know, they say, man, you got to kind of swallow your pride and uh, lower your price. And um, Anytime I've tried to negotiate, it's always not gone well because I really can't dictate what my value is because I don't know financially what that is. I could say, oh, I have a wealth of knowledge and... Um, you know, I'm really good at what I do and I'm entertaining and I, you know, I've got a resume that would speak for itself and, you know, I've helped create things and been consistent and helped a whole slew of people. And, but at the same time, I don't know how to negotiate that because I don't know how to make money within it. And that's a hard pill to swallow in many ways because, you know, sometimes you would uh, measure success by what's in your bank account or the fact that, look, I really want to do this and get paid to do it and make a living out of it and make a profit, profitable living out of it and comfortable living or be able to retire, you know, or at the very least, you know, be able to generate revenue so that you don't have to look at a promoter and ask for some obscene amount of money just to cover the basic traveling expenses and, you know, the reality of the situation. Like I look at it now and go, how much time am I away from my family? How many hours, how many miles am I traveling? What would I normally get if I was traveling? It'd always be this funny, uh, conflict for me. And I would know promoters, you know, that would preach like you shouldn't get below a hundred after the first show. And by the third or fourth, they're like, man, will you work for like nothing? I can even think of, um, sadly, here's a little known thing. I'd always wondered why I never got paid as a producer. And I couldn't ask Booker but I definitely asked Kevin and Kevin's response was, and rightfully so, you know, I could see his point. He was like, well, you never really brought it up. If you had brought it up, we probably would have at least gotten you gas money. And I'm like, wow. And I didn't know if to be, well, I'm getting to work on this product. I've been working on this product for a while. Hey man, you're getting paid or maybe you're not getting paid. I don't know. It's not like we discuss money. That's another sad part, right? I don't think the NWO forms without a conversation about what talent was making. 
And I know with GSL we did because we were a group and, you know, whoever's negotiating the price had to kind of realize what we were willing to do it for. Um, but truthfully, I never came into it. And it wasn't until maybe 2018, realistically. I mean, maybe a little bit before that, 2012 or something, where I would try to generate revenue by creating merch and still, like, just not knowing you know, even with YouTube, like how to make it profitable from a, you know, from a financial situation. It's hard to ask. You know, I always feel weird to ask anyone for, for money. You know, I find some people that, whether it's GoFundMes or like, hey man, here's my PayPal, my Venmo, why you know, send me money on my birthday. But I've never been able to do that. You know, I'm always just appreciative of people just wanting to watch or take part or want my opinion. And even when it comes to coaching, a lot of times, like, I don't know what to charge people. Um, you know, when I started this podcast, I, or audio diary or being on anchor.fm, being on that app or, um, you know, then becoming on Spotify or even when I was on YouTube religiously or not religiously, but, you know, fairly frequently, you know, it's not like you're asking people to click the monetized ads, you know, because you can't buy rules at, at, in some respects. And so that's always been the weird conundrum for me is like, well, how do you generate money for a passion? How do you make that make actual money where you're not having to work on anything other than your passion. And I still not cracked it. But, you know, Spotify or Anchor.fm is like, hey, you can, you know, now I can have listener support or sponsorships even. You've got, I've gotten so many listeners or so many, you know, so many people, yeah, so many listeners that now I'm eligible to, re, you know, take donations from people. And it's like, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever do that. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I'll ever have a sponsor for this because I just, one, I don't know if I would want to, I would want to hype a product that I love using or hype a show that I love watching, or hype up a, you know, clothing line that I wear because, well, I'm already doing it, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, so I don't know, you know, that's the big question. Will this be listener supported? I don't know. I mean, and really what, what does that mean? You know, am I asking you for money or do I just want you to listen and take your time? And I'm appreciative of that. I don't know if, uh, the money, and again, I wouldn't even know what to ask people. I'd say, Hey man, go to my merch store and buy stuff. But even that's not imperfect. You know, it doesn't even pertain to uh, to me. It pertains, a lot of that pertains to GSL, you know, and like that's a weird, strange area at this point. And I don't know if I want to put out other content. You know, the truth is that I have a graphic for, um, I have a graphic for the, you know, this thing I call life, this uh, audio diary. I had a friend of mine, a uh, pretty good, 
um, you know, pretty good, pretty good graphic designer who's done stuff for me. And he, he designed some, uh, the concept of gear never turned out the way that, um, that he had designed it. I kind of wish we had gone that route and maybe who knows, maybe I'll take his original design and utilize it. Um, but, um, Jonathan Thomas McConley of McConley graphics, um, had created one for me, but, you know, as a, as a person who's put forth effort, he, um, would like to get paid for his services and I haven't been able to pay him because I just haven't had the extra money and it sucks because it's, it's not like he's asking for a lot, but it's not like I want to turn around and get people to fund this endeavor because the truth is that I would be doing this regardless. Um, this is therapeutic for me in many ways, you know, I'm able to talk about things, you know, I just spent the first part of the show breaking down because I'm, you know, grieving the loss of a friend a year or so later. Cause I'm like sad that she's never going to see my family, you know, something that she'd always wished for me. Um, and yet how am I supposed to ask people to donate? You know, it's like, in theory, it would be great if people, if I became wealthy enough that I wouldn't have to worry about, I wouldn't stress and paying a friend for a graphic that he designed and paying him his rightful fee wouldn't be an issue, but this is where I'm at. And, um, the truth is that also, you know, from a sponsorship standpoint, you know, I just don't want to worry about anyone trying to tell me how to dictate what my show would be. And this may not be the one, you know, it might be some other product or project that I work on. Or if, you know, by some, you know, or if I ever go back and perform again, that I'll have a different mindset when it comes to, to that and treat it more of like, well, what's, what's the true cost of my time? And my energy, not to mention my body, my mind, my soul in many ways, my brain working at full capacity. Um, I'm not sure what next, the next episode or next entry is going to be. I'm sure it's going to be something. And who knows, maybe, maybe me, me and the wife will uh, sit down and have one of our conversations and actually record it. I think that would be fun. I think um, we both would get a kick out of it at least listening to it back and kind of hearing what our opinions are. Um, so I appreciate all of you that are taking the time to listen to this. And if you have any feedback, feel free to give me some, um, realize that this is my thing and I will take everyone's feedback into, to account. Um, and if you want to support me, great support me by letting people know about this, or if you think financially that's a way to do it, awesome. Um, or if you've got some good advice on how to, you know, how can a person in my position kind of make use of certain equity that they've built up and hopefully could translate into something valuable, because I think there's value there. But, uh, 
Maybe that's something for someone whose brain's a lot smarter than mine. Well, until the next time, I hope to see you on down the road.